You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Let's give it up for uh, this whole series. All the pastors have done such a good job, man, delivering some good messages because we're in the playbook series. Hey, let's also give it up for all of our campuses across Tampa Bay and uh, watching online. Come on. My name is Mike, and I'm a campus pastor at one of those campuses, South Tampa, and love what God's doing across all of our campuses here in Tampa Bay, and excited to close out this series. This is our last week of our playbook series, and really the idea behind the series has been we want to talk through different areas of our families and how we continue to be successful, and what is the playbook? So this weekend, we're talking about parenting. Now, the interesting thing about parenting is, especially when it has to do with a series called The Playbook, is that there is no playbook for parenting. In fact, I don't know about you, but I sure wish that God had a lot more in the Bible about parenting. Here's the reason why. Because when my son was two years old, I took him to an Easter egg hunt. And we went to an Easter egg hunt, and my oldest son decided that he did not want Easter eggs because he could care less about candy. He just wanted to walk around and push all the other kids over. And so he would go, he would have a basket, he would drop his basket, he would walk over, throw a kid on the ground. And I'm like, buddy, no, 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 eggs, we have to get eggs. He would pick up the basket, walk over, throw the basket down, push another kid over. Uh, and, our, and again, I was a pastor, and I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And, and, and then uh, my, my same son, oldest son, Karsten, um, he used to go in the nursery, and when I would pick him up, <laughs> they would say, well, he, he hit three kids in the face today. And my thought was, now outwardly, I'm like, oh, no. But my thought was, only three? Like, yeah, like, like it's great. Well, there's no playbook. There wasn't like, well, let me figure out how to solve him with different things. And so the Bible doesn't necessarily have a playbook, but it does give us some guides. It does give us some things that will help us as we parent, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to talk about the five stages of parenting, because as your child grows, the way that we parent them has to grow and change. In fact, uh, a few weeks ago, Ted Cunningham did a parent night and a date night event uh, for us here at Grace. And one of the things he said, he said, parenting is a journey from control to influence. Like over time, you lose control and really it becomes influence. And really as they become adults, it's more influence than it is control. So we're going to talk about how to make that transition. How through each stage of our lives with our kids, how do we continue to transition from control to influence? Now, here's what I'll say. We're going to talk about the five stages. And we actually have designed uh, some things that are on the GFC Florida app that no matter what stage you're in, you can download. They are, they're, they're shareables. You can post them online, but you can also use them in a screensaver on your phone that you can actually down, download them. So they're, they're up there on the screen. You'll see those. I would encourage you, man, grab those, download those, and put them as your lock screen on your phone. That's what I did for the stage that I'm in, because I think those are extremely helpful. I'll also say this. If you're a single parent, okay, listening to a parent message, I know that if you're a single parent, the work that you do, like, it is, it is tough. It is hard work. But let me encourage you with this. You will probably have to contextualize this message a little bit for you, but I am so glad you're here. Because here at Grace, we believe that our job is to partner with you. In fact, right now, if your kid's in the zone or if they're in United or if they go to United every week, then we pair your kid up with an adult that is speaking life and hope and truth and and that are really helping to support what you're doing in the life of your kid. 
But this message today, you'll have to contextualize it because you got a lot on your shoulders. Also, if you have a special needs kid uh, or if you, you're in that adoption stage, you'll just have to contextualize some of these things uh, for, for where you're at in your parenting journey. Also, if you're a grandparent, you'll have to do the same. But, but I will say this about parenting message because it's easy that if you're not right in the middle of parenting to go... I'm not sure this is for me. I believe that this message will hit you in a way and God will speak to you and challenge you. So I'd encourage you to lean in, pull out the app, take notes uh, as we dive in, all right? Okay, so we're gonna jump in and we're gonna talk about the five stages of parenting, starting off with stage one. Stage one is the pre-kid stage. It's actually not even when you have kids. It is the pre-kid stage. The reason why this is important is because in this stage of parenting, or in this stage of pre-kids, before you have kids, if you intend to have kids, this is where it begins. Because before you have kids, if you intend to have kids, whether naturally or by adoption, then the thing to focus on in this stage is to work on yourself. To work on yourself. There's actually something interesting that Jesus says. He says in Luke, and he, and he says that uh, in Luke chapter six, verse uh, 45, he says, a good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, what he's saying is, he's saying that if you have good, it's gonna come out. But if you have evil, it's gonna come out. If you have issues, it's gonna come out. If there's unforgiveness, if there's pain, like if there are things inside of you, they're gonna come out. And my encouragement to you is, I would guess we all have stuff like this. Like when I was 23 years old, for me, it was anger. I had some pain in my past that I haven't dealt with. And the way that I dealt with my pain is I had anger. I was 23 years old, I was part of a church plan, I was new in that journey, and honestly, I, I would just explode. I don't even know why, I would just explode. And I realized, and I don't know why I realized this, I don't know if I heard a message, like I don't remember what the point is, but I realized if I don't begin to deal with this anger and deal with this, like the stuff I got going on, then my kids are going, I'm gonna have kids one day, I'm gonna get married one day, I'm gonna have kids one day, my kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna do something and I'm gonna respond in anger, which is gonna cause pain, <laughs> which will cause anger. And I realized I gotta do something. And if you're in that pre-kid stage, one of the best things you can do for your future children is to work on your present self. And I'd encourage you, if you're in that stage right now and you don't have kids, but you wanna have kids, don't wait. Don't wait. This, there is no time better than the present to work on yourself. This isn't even if you're in a couple. If you're single, I would encourage you with this. This is the time to work on yourself. This is the time to get more healthy. This is the time to get better. This is the time to work on your stuff. And, and here's the reason why. Let me just give you a little incentive if you're single, why this is important. Because the more healthy you are emotionally, um, uh, just, just all, the, all the junk inside, the more healthy you are, the more healthy you'll attract. Health attracts health. And whatever level you are is the level that you tend to attract. And I talk to people all the time who will say to me, Mike, I don't get it. I always get the guys who this and that and this and that, and I can never find any other guy any other way. And I don't always say this, but here's what I think. Well, maybe you keep attracting one level of guy because you're currently at that level. Maybe the reason why you keep attracting that level of girl is because you're at that level. If you want to get better, you got to be better. And, and quit complaining about who you're bringing in and start working on who you are. 
Okay? In this pre-kid stage, one of the best things you can do is work on yourself. If you, if you want a guy, if you want a Romeo, okay, you gotta work on yourself. And you gotta stop looking for him in the club, but you gotta work on yourself, okay? You, in this pre-kid stage, one of the best things you can do for your kids is to look at what is the evil in my heart? What's the thing that comes out of my mouth? What's the actions that I do that I don't like? And begin to work on them. That's stage one. The second stage is ages one through five, kind of in that zone. These are the foundational years. And in these foundational years, your children, our children, are beginning to learn and understand what life is supposed to be like in that stage. And the thing to focus on if you're in this stage is, to, is that we should be setting a foundation of love and discipline. Set a foundation of love and discipline. The two things your kids need you to focus on and to do in this stage is to set a foundation for them. And this foundation they will live on for the rest of their lives. And there are two things, love and discipline. Um, the, 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 there's actually a verse in Proverbs that says, start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they won't turn from it. Like, even when they're old, they're not gonna go away from it, okay? That's what we do. And we set a foundation of love and discipline. And we show love to our children in the stage in two ways. We show love through our time, and we show love in our words, and I would encourage you, if your kids are in that one to five stage, especially for guys, and I don't know what this is about us guys, but there's something about us. If your kid's like under five years old, it's easy to think, because I thought this in the past when my kids were that young, they're not gonna remember any of this. I can play video games and I can work long hours and I can go do, like, it doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, there's all kinds of studies that will say that your children's foundation of who they are and who they believe they're supposed to be, that gets set in place at that one to five age. One of the best things you can do is love your kid with your schedule and make sure they're on that time. And I would even say this, if your kids are young, one of the best things you can do is take the hobbies that are unproductive and set them aside for a season so that you can focus on being the parent you need to be is that we love our kids with our schedule. We love our kids with our time. We also love our kids with our words. Uh, in Proverbs, it says about words, it says the tongue has the power of life and death. Has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Your tongue has the power of life and death. This is never more true than with a parent. Listen, one of the best things you can do if you're a parent and your kid's in this stage, and I would say this is true in every stage, honestly, no matter where you're at, if you're a grandparent, if you're a parent, if you have influence in the life of a kid, listen, you, you've got to speak life over them. You've got to speak life over them. There, there are three things that every kid needs to hear. They need to hear, I love you, I believe in you, and I'm proud of you. Every kid needs to hear it. Listen, have you told your kid recently that you're proud of them? And, and I'll have people, especially when they're like teenagers or adults, I'll have parents of teenagers and adults will come to me and go, well, I don't tell them that I'm proud of them because I'm not proud of some of what they're doing, okay? Forget that part of what they're doing. Find something because your kid needs to hear it. I love you, I believe in you, I'm proud of you. One of the things that I did when my kids were little, I actually, I actually like thought through, who do I want my kids to be when they grow up? Like, this is a big deal. Who do I want them to be when they grow up? And so I actually wrote out a list of characteristics that I want them to be. And then every night, I prayed over them. Every night. Now, it's, it's not every night, but, but multiple times a week, I pray the same prayer over them. In the Old Testament, it talks a lot about the blessing of a parent. Like, it talks a lot about that. And I realized the words you speak over your kid helps to set, like, what they think their future is going to be. 
the words you speak to your kid have the ability to unlock limitations in their mind. And so for me, I pray almost the same thing, that they would, be, that they would have strength and health. I don't want them to be safe, but I pray strength and health. Wisdom and courage, because I want them to have wisdom to know what's right and the courage to do it. Strength and health, wisdom and courage. They would be men of integrity, men after God's heart. And then I pray their name over them. Karsten Michael means anointed one who's like God. Bryden Alexander means, means uh, honorable leader. And so I pray that they would be, that they would, um, they would be strength and health, wisdom and courage. They would be men of integrity, men after God's heart. That Carson would be anointed one who's like God and Bryden would be an honorable leader with God and with men. And I pray that over them all the time. I probably wear them out with that prayer all the time. Because as parents, listen, your words speak life. Your words speak over them. Your words speak hope of who they can be. Are you, are you, are you strategic with your words? We show our love with our words, we show our love with our time, but we're also laying a foundation of discipline. That foundation of discipline. Uh, a few weeks ago, well, not a few weeks ago, last year, the, the Lightning won the championship, the NHL championship. And I, I don't like follow hockey a ton. Like I'm in Tampa, so we love the Lightning, but I don't follow it a ton. But I had a friend who had the Stanley Cup that was brought to his house. And he said, hey, do you want to come and get a picture with the Stanley Cup? And I'm like, I do want to come and get a picture of the Stanley Cup. And we actually have a picture of me with the Stanley Cup, right? There I am. Now, I don't know very much about the Stanley Cup. I don't know very much about what you have to do when you're around the Stanley Cup. And so I'm standing there with the Stanley Cup. And I, but I've seen a lot of pictures of people handling the Stanley Cup. So I think to myself, I have an idea for a good picture. Now, there's no liquid in it or anything, but this is what I did. I picked it up and acted like I was drinking out of the Stanley Cup. Now, you're not allowed to do that. I didn't know this. You're not, if you ever get the Stanley Cup, you're not allowed to do this. And there is a guy who travels with a Stanley Cup who will scream at you if you pick the Stanley Cup up. And if you have all your friends around, you will be embarrassed when he screams at you when you pick up the Stanley Cup. So now when I think of the Stanley Cup, you know what I think of? Embarrassment. I don't think of that moment, I think of embarrassment because it attached a negative emotion with a negative behavior. You know what discipline is? When we discipline our kids, we are seeking to attach a negative emotion with a negative behavior. And when they're in that one to five zone, now it is hard to do as a parent because in order to do that, you have to endure the pain of putting your kids in pain. That's very difficult to do. It's hard to ground them. It's easier to let them off. It's hard to do certain things. It's easier to pull back. But our job as parents is to set a foundation to let them know what is right and what is wrong. Now, there's a huge debate out there about spanking. People talk about it all the time. But, but the point of discipline is to attach a negative emotion with a negative behavior and there is no quicker way to get kids to feel negative emotion than a swat on the butt. And they will remember a negative emotion and everyone who got a swat on the butt said, yeah, we did. Now again, there's no room for abuse, no room for any of that. But I'm telling you, I think sometimes as parents, we're so scared of, of, of uh, putting our kid in a negative experience, so we coddle them. Well, you're grounded, but we don't really ground them. Well, you're in trouble, not really in trouble. I'm not gonna spank. Like, like we have taken all the discipline away from our kids, but what's happening is a generation is coming up that's sleeping on the couch for so long of their parents. They're doing things they shouldn't do. They're not getting a job. And what we're seeing in the church is the parents are coming to us going, 
fix our kids. What do we do? And I don't tell them this because this is not what you tell parents who feel that way. You don't say, well, let's go back 10 years in time and let's get a paddle. When I don't say that, I, don't, I won't do that. But there is a little bit of what, what if we, when they're in that stage of one to five, how are you exposing your kid to negative emotion when they, when they do negative things? Okay, that's what we do. And when they're in that zone, now it has to be intentional. It should not be emotional. It should not be over a line. Like you've got to talk about all that. It's not your match. You're going to hit your kids. Like that's not what it is. And I grew up in an abusive home. So I'm like, I, I still spank my kids, but it was very much within the bounds. My wife used to tell me all the time, she would say, don't spank your kids when you're mad. And I'm like, well, isn't that the point? Like, that's, like I just feel better. Um, so don't do that though. So don't do that. Um, I'm just kidding about all that. But, but, but I would just say this. You just have to have that conversation. If you don't want to spank, that's fine. But how are we going to attach negative behavior with negative, negative, uh, negative emotion? And, and man, that is a huge thing. That is a foundational thing. So that's what we do in this, in the zone. In Proverbs 29, 17, this is interesting. He says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. Maybe not right now. And they're gonna cry and it's not gonna feel very peaceful. But if you want your kids to give you peace later on, they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Like the path towards their future of what you want for them is with discipline when they're young. It's not without. In Hebrews 12, it actually says this. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. In other words, Proverbs says, if you discipline, you will have peace. Hebrews says, if you discipline, they will have peace. And if you want your kid to have a harvest of righteousness, which means right living and peace, the way to get them to do that is through discipline. So how are we going to set a foundation of discipline? All right, that's stage two. Stage three is ages five to 12, and these are the training years. These are the training years. This is when you begin training your kid, um, and here's what you have to train them in. You train them in wise choices in spiritual vitality. These are the two things. You train them to make wise choices and to have a strong spiritual life. Now, the reason why it's important to have a strong spiritual life in that zone or train them in this zone is that, is that George Barna did a study. He said, by the time a child is 13, their spiritual foundation is set in place. What that means is before 13, they're clay. After 13, it's a statue. It is easier to mold clay than to chisel away at a statue. Come on, we're all adults, right? We all know there are things we shouldn't do and we still do them. And why do we do them? Because we're statues, okay? It's hard to change a statue. That's why we focus on it when they are young. Between that five and 12, we are training them for wise choices and spiritual vitality. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, Pastor Dale and Kay uh, Brooks, who are pastors here at the church, we had them over to our house and we're downstairs, the boys are taking their showers and we're downstairs talking and my 12 year old Bryden comes down and he goes, dad, I need your help, it's the bathroom. Now, anytime a boy says there's a problem in the bathroom, your mind goes to the worst version of what that could be, right? It's like, oh no, something bad. Like, it's bad. If he's, if he's interrupting me, it's, it's bad. So I walk up there, and it actually wasn't that bad. The, the, the bathtub would not shut off. So I went up there. I thought you just had to turn it. It was one of those single turn things. I tried to turn it. It didn't shut off. So I went and got some tools, and I came upstairs, and I'm working on it, and I'm trying to figure it out. 
and I, I need something else, and I look up for Bryden, and Bryden's not there. My, my youngest isn't there. And so I look for him, and I walk over to our room. <laughs> he's in our room, and he's on, the, on my bed watching TV. I'm like, hey, Bryden, the bathtub isn't fixed. He goes, Dad, you got it. Okay. When we train our kids spiritually, we, we should be training them in a way that we understand that we inv- when we invite their heavenly father in, he's got it. Like that kind of peace that Bryden had that I had the bathtub is the kind of peace we should be training our kids. Listen, in this stage, like God's got it. And Deuteronomy, actually, when, when, when Moses got the Ten Commandments, God actually speaks to Moses and the Israelites about what to do with the Ten Commandments. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, these commandments that I give you, they are to be on your hearts. And for us as parents, let me challenge you, they should be on your hearts. Like, this should not be just something you come to. Church should not be just something you come to. Like, our walk with Jesus, our faith with him, like, it should be real to us. We should be working to make it real. And he says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, okay, when you sit at home, uh, when you lie down, uh, when you sit at home, when you lie down, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What he's saying is, now these things, let them be on your heart. Now talk about them with your kids. And my encouragement to you in this stage with your kids that five to 12 stage, talk to them about how to pray, okay? Talk to them about um, what they're supposed to do with their lives, how they're supposed to live. Talk about reading the Bible. And I would encourage you in this stage, listen, it is so important for them to be engaged at church, like so important, not just because I'm a pastor saying, go to church, not in any of that. The reason why is that each week, they get a spiritual truth invested in them over and over and over, and it is a cumulative effect over time. And you want that in your kid. You want that in your kid. And their relationships that they're building over time, okay? It, it is so important to engage, get your kid engaged in the life of a church and not let other things push it away. So even if you don't feel like going, let me just say this, it is the best thing for your kid. The best thing for your kid. All right, so stage four. Stage four uh, is ages 14 or, or 12 to 18. And these are the coaching years. These are the coaching years. These are, this is a fun time because in this stage, this is when they start to become more independent and your control really goes down. Like you start to feel that loss of control a lot. And in this stage, you want to coach their choices and connect with their heart. You want to coach their choices and you want to connect with their heart. Um, you want to begin to help them make some decisions and not make all the decisions for them. That's important in this stage. Like you don't want this time to only be about the decisions that they're making. Like, like you don't want this to be the thing that they're doing the whole time. In fact, there's a verse in 2 Timothy where Paul writes to Timothy and he says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. In other words, Paul's saying for young people, this is what we're pushing them towards. We're coaching them towards righteousness, faith, love, peace. And as we coach our kids, we should be coaching them towards the right decisions. Uh, My son, my oldest son, Carson, I have a lot of stories about my kids, but it's a parenting talk, so here we go. 
our oldest son, you know, he's all about like sports right now. That, that's his own. Well, he read this article about the Tom Brady diet. I don't know if you've ever read anything about what Tom Brady eats, but he is like, he eats super clean, super disciplined, like grilled chicken salad and very few carbs. Well, my son reads this, and again, he's 14, and he has this idea, I am going to be an athlete, so I need to eat like Tom Brady. Now, my 14-year-old eats more food than I eat. I weigh 100 pounds more than he does, but he eats more food than I eat right now, but he decides he's gonna go on the Tom Brady diet and do two workouts a day. So at 7 p.m., as you can imagine, he's on our couch, like, falling asleep. Like, he's like, he's out there. And initially, for me, I'm like, hey, we're done. It's over. You're falling asleep. We're done. All gone. Like, I, like I had this idea. And my wife did the tap. Do you know what the tap is? Like, where she, like, even when you're, like, kind of, like, all worked up, she'll, like, put her hand on your arm and tap or, like, put her hand on your leg. Like, let me try. Let me try. Um, and, and, and she started asking Carson questions. Hey, tell me why you're doing this. Well, I want to be, you know, I want to be an athlete. And well, tell me what you're doing and tell me this. And we realized that he was trying to do something and, and she helped him realize if you keep eating this way and keep working out this way, you're not actually going to get the results you want. And she helped him come to the conclusion versus me coming in and just, we're stopping this and we're doing this. And that stage, that coaching stage is all about helping them come to the conclusion, not just making up their mind for him. It's changing that. Again, this is very hard to do as a parent because at one point you called all the shots. But in this stage, it's starting to lay back. At this stage, it is so important to let them, let them experience their own natural consequences. Let them, let them experience that. And then after that, it's important to connect with their heart. You coach their choices, but you connect with their heart. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says... Fathers, do not exasperate, exasperate your children and instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, don't come in with an iron fist. Mothers, don't come in with an iron fist. Don't tell them what to do. Coach them in their choices, but come in and connect with their heart. This is the time to spend time with your kids. This is the time where you want to lean in. This is the time. Listen, and here's, here's the challenge with connecting with a child's heart at this stage. They are pushing you away when they're teenagers. They are acting like they don't want you to be around. But anytime I've talked to a teenager who is pushing their parent away, when I talk to them away from their parent, their common complaint is, I wish my mom would try harder. I wish my dad would try harder. Listen, as parents, your kids may not want to go on a monthly date or biweekly date or weekly date with you, but you know what? You are still the parent in the stage, and you may not have all the control, but you got some of the control, and you are the parent, and we're going to have ice cream, and I don't care if you don't like it, and I don't care what it looks like. And it may be going on a walk with your kid. Listen, I have completely different kids. One of my kids, we go to a restaurant, we sit down, he just talks. The other kid, we go to a restaurant, I ask questions, one word answers, he doesn't talk. What he and I do, we go have activities together. We play basketball together, and then he talks. You gotta figure out what works with your kid, and you gotta have those conversations. But man, in this stage, this is the point to lean in and go, we are going to spend time together, okay? There are certain things. Whenever a parent says to me, my, cat, my kid just doesn't wanna do that, and this is true with church too. My kid just doesn't wanna go to church. You know what I ask him? Does your kid wanna go to school? No? Oh, you make them? Right. There are some things. You're still the parent. You're good. You just, you make them. That's what you do. There are certain things that are good for them. You make them hang out with you. You make them go to church. 
and you make them go to school. Don't let them drop out. So, so anyway, so that just keep leaning in with your kids as you go through it. All right, a little fired up about that. The fifth stage, the last stage here, and we're getting close to the end, is 18 and up. Okay, this is when they're adults, and these are the friendship years. These are the friendship years. Um, now, you are never going to not be a parent. You're always gonna be the parent, but this is where the control goes away for a large part, especially as they get in their 20s, the control goes away, and it is all influence. And in this stage, what you do is you be, I made up this word, a friend tour. A friend tour, I made up this word. Because you're, you're a friend, but you are still a mentor. You're a friend, but you are still an influence in our lives. You are still a guide. But in this stage, this is when you celebrate more than you criticize. This is when you connect more than you critique. This is when you lean in and you try to invest relationally. And in this stage, parents, let me just encourage you with this. If you have kids that are over 18, one of the best things you can do is figure out how they hear you. And I would say this, don't criticize over text message. When they post something stupid on social media, just let it, you don't have to challenge it. You don't have to disagree on social media. Don't call them out publicly. They're your kids. Just let them be stupid publicly. Let them do whatever they want to do. You don't have to do it, okay? Listen, connect with them. Connect with them. Lean in. Build that friendship. Build that relationship. In Psalm chapter 127, it says that children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. The only way that you are blessed to have a lot of kids is that if you handle the stage right, and blessed are those with a lot of kids if you walk through these stages right. And my encouragement to you is no matter what stage you're in, you can do something. What's the one thing? Hearing all these stages, What's the one, st one thing you can do in the stage you're in right now with your kids or maybe pre-kids or maybe grandkids? What's, what's the one thing that you can do to engage with your kids more? And, and if you're at a place and you would say, but Mike, you don't understand, I've missed two stages, like I blew it. Or I missed all the stages, they're adults now and I blew it. Or maybe I just missed one or I didn't handle myself well, what do I do now? Here's what I would say. Whatever stage you're in, be in the stage you're in. Love your kid, encourage them. Like take all of this and go, hey, I'm gonna encourage, I'm gonna speak life, I'm gonna be with them, I'm gonna be there with them in this stage and I believe that God can redeem a relationship. God can reconcile a relationship. I'm gonna be the biggest cheerleader, I'm gonna encourage them, I'm gonna tell them I love them every day and I would just say this, if your kid is completely separate from you and they don't want anything to do with you, text them every day, I just want you to know, I love you no matter what. Love you no matter what. Doesn't matter. And, and if you don't want to, let me just say this. As parents, there's a pride thing in that. Like we feel like, but they should be coming to us because we're the parents, okay? You're the parents. You go first. You lead. You be the leader. You break down the walls. You tell them you love them. I just want you to know I'm proud of you. Haven't talked to you in two years. I'm proud of you. Hey, I believe in you. I just want you to know I believe in you. Like, start speaking words of life. There is power of life and death. Start speaking life back into the relationship. Just see what God does. Be in the stage you're in and allow God to work in the relationship. So I know parenting's tough. 
And I believe that God can show up and help you no matter where you're at. And so today I wanna pray for you. If you're with someone, maybe you're someone you're parenting with, you can grab their hand across all of our campuses. And I wanna pray for you because I know this is a tough season for some of us and God wants to be with you. And I believe God's gonna speak to you this weekend. Jesus, thank you for challenging us. Thank you for the stages that we're in in our parenting. The God, you love us, you care for us. And the God, you want us to be the parents that will speak life, will speak truth, that will guide our kids. God, I pray no matter what stage we're in right now, I pray for everyone that's online, everybody at our campuses, everyone here at Luz. Jesus, I pray that you would let your blessing be on them to be the parents that you've called them to be. Give them the courage to do the right thing even when it's hard. Give them the courage to speak life even when it's tough. And God, we pray for the kids represented that are in the zone or they're in United or maybe they're at home right now. God, we pray that you would raise up this next generation. Help us to be the parents to raise up the next generation who are on fire for you that are gonna change the city, Jesus. God, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of this. We thank you for the kids that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Hey, campus pastors, come on up to close the service. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.